Fat Force Radio. Fat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, a Batman and DC podcast with no limits. Tonight we have a very special episode, so we're going to get the panel out of the way and get things rolling. This is Robin Cross in Canada, and we've got the Bat Force Times in New York, and Grandpa Batman from Dallas, Texas. I'm back, bitches. (laughs) It's been too long. (laughs) These guys had me on quarantine. They wouldn't let me come on the show for a while, so now I'm back. We, oh. we had to make sure the infection was gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it cleared well, up. sounds like it, it didn't drain you. You you sound quite feisty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's got about eight years left in him. Okay. Full, of, full, of, full of whiskey too, so you know. That's one of the things that keeps you nourished. I was I was a little nervous. I didn't want to come across as too much of a fanboy, so I was like, uh, "This will settle my nerves," but you know. Obviously, it hasn't because we're we're really excited to have you on. So we are joined tonight uh, to our great privilege by someone who has been the voice of a core Batman character for nearly a decade now. Uh, she has voiced Poison Ivy in Arkham Asylum, City, and Arkham Knight, as well as Injustice 2 and Infinite Crisis. Also, with appearances uh, credited to her on Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond. Star Wars Clone Wars, too many other television, animation, and video game credits to list. Uh, we are joined tonight by Miss Tasia Valenza. Yeah! Yes. And thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us tonight. It's my pleasure, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you. First of all, uh, just how's everything been with you? How's life? Life is amazing. Bless. I appreciate every day because I'm recognizing that uh, as I get older, that every day is a gift just because it's, you know, the, the old saying youth is wasted on the young. And certainly I, I don't think I had the perspective of how much I enjoy my life as I do now. So I'm I'm grateful for every day. Excellent. Same job. here, yeah. sister. So where, where do you live now? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm based in Los Angeles. I'm originally from New York, but I've made this my home. I love it. New York City, like the borough. New York, New York, New York, New York. Born and raised in the city. Manhattan. Yep. All right, we're gonna get along real well. <laughs> yeah, well, we lose a lot of people out to California. What's the old saying? Uh, live in New York long enough until it makes you too hard, and live in California long enough until it makes you too soft, or something like that. Yeah, I feel like I'm a softened New Yorker. It's never quite out of me, uh, but I'm definitely much softer than I was when I first got here. Really nice. I have, you know, I have three kids, and I really do. I didn't know any different, but now that I know what I know, I would have probably been better off if I had not been in the city. Just <laughs> 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 a little too much, too fast. You know, I think you grow up really fast in, in New York, and there's something nice about, again, 
and enjoying. Growing up in California must be really nice as well. It's smoother vibe. Is well, there's more nature. Yeah, I mean, more I, nature, I, better I, air. Lover, right? I mean, that's a that's a, <laughs> a, such an important part of poison ivy, but it's definitely something that I value as well. Is that I I do love nature, and I and there's just so much more out here that you you do feel more connected and more peaceful because of it. Absolutely. So take us on your journey with how did it all start with like with uh acting and voice acting well because uh i i actually was born to two performers my father frank valenza it was a an actor who went to the performing arts he's from arthur avenue in the bronx and my mother gloria valenza was from brooklyn so she was she went to music and art he went to the performing arts so it was kind of in the blood and he ended up being a restaurateur and she um ended up singing, but mostly raising us. And so I had it in me from day one and was in all the camp plays, school plays, and found myself um, doing extra work with her in New York City. Uh, And then one day she said she was going to an open call for a movie and it was called Crackers. And I just happened to be home, ironically, watching all my children, which I ended up on later. But <laughs> I said, well, take my picture just in case there's any extra work. And she went down and they had written in backstage newspaper the wrong age. So they wanted an ingenue, you know, which is, uh, you know, young teens. And there were all these uh, middle-aged women down there. And so they says, we're so sorry. And my mother said, did you want someone like this? And then she called me up and said, please come down. You have to come and audition. And so I ran down to Juliette Taylor, who uh, is the casting director for all of Woody Allen's films and just was able to audition. And she basically said, well, you're great. And we're going to fly you out tomorrow. And either you'll be back the next day or you'll stay there for six weeks and film this movie. And so I was lucky enough to get the part and my life changed like that. And I uh, was 15 at the time and I was in this really cool movie. It was a kind of an indie film of today. It didn't do well, but it had Sean Penn. He was my love interest and it had Jack Warden and it has Christina Baranski and it was directed by Louis Mal and Donald Sutherland. And so it was a really cool cast. And all of a sudden I was getting to be, instead of camp plays and school plays, I was in a, a movie and I, I was at Universal Studios out here and filmed and I went back to high school. And then six months later, I got all my children and did that for three years. Very blessed to enjoy that experience of being on a soap. And then that ended. And then I came out to LA and started that part of my journey. So get, getting that first role, how was your experience in that? Did, did you absolutely love doing it and decide yeah, this this is absolutely what I want to keep doing. Yeah, I was. I would have to say early on, I would get the leads in the, the camp plays and the school plays, and I loved it. I knew that this is what I wanted to do pretty early on, so there was never really a question of what I wanted to be when I grew up. I just didn't know that I was going to get to start it so young. But again, being in, in Manhattan at, at 15, I felt like I was already, you know, 25. So I was like, perfect, great timing, and I'm ready to do it. And I had a great experience in the movie. And then I had a great experience on all my children. Although in hindsight, I think it was probably a little too much too soon. And I had to take my lessons and, you know, learn that I wasn't as great as I thought I was. <laughs> that was a learning experience because I ended up being let go because every 13 weeks they could let you go. And I, my storyline pretty much wasn't happening. And so, you know, I expected another year or two of the job and then 
I was like, and we're done. So that was really a learning curve where I had to come out here and kind of start all over again. So I never doubted that's what I wanted to do, but I love, uh, but it was certainly not all just wine and roses. Like, oh, once I was discovered, that was it. It was it for me. I had to kind of regroup, start out here. And I did a lot of pilots and series. I, on my website, I have like my bad hair demo reel, I call it, which is kind of yes. a you guys got to see it, but it's all like the 90s and all the shows that were very popular back then and that are just so campy now, but it's fun to watch. And then little by little, I started doing voiceovers uh, because my wonderful mother, again, who was my biggest fan and supporter, said, you should be doing voiceovers. And I said, oh, it's a big, it's so hard to get into. It's a niche. And this is back in 1992 when, you know, it what nobody even knew what a voiceover artist was. It was like, what was that? So I didn't think I could do it, but she kept pestering me and I started to get a few jobs and then a few more jobs. And then I realized, you know, I really love this aspect of acting because I'm not limited to my face and to my body, which, you know, as an actor, I like to think you can do anything. And of course, it's always like Tootsie. I don't know if you've ever seen Tootsie. Yep, yep. You know, I he, I can be a tomato. I can I can I can be taller. I can be shorter. You know, it's always you never this and you never that. And so being a voiceover artist was incredibly liberating all of a sudden because I could be anything that I could do with my voice. And with acting, as much as we want to be, you know, to show that we can do anything, you're very much limited to what you physically are because that's what they want you to walk in being. And, you know, you're, you, it's important to. And, and so that was an experience over six years. And then finally, I decided, you know what, I'm going to devote myself exclusively to voiceover. And I've never looked back. That's one uh, hell of a journey. And what I would call it evolve as an actor yeah. into that is really uh, is great. And it's not necessarily easy. We spoke with a lot of actors and voice acting. And, and the more we do, we just start to learn about how much of a crapshoot it is, isn't it? To be an actor yeah. at times, because you could be really great looking and talented and uh, hardworking, but it you know it sometimes just depends on the the casting or the role or That's right. politics or anything. Yeah. Many many factors. And <laughs> it's it's sad because it's like you know people say you have they have you, yeah they have their big break, but at the same time it, it's a, there's also the reversal of that where. You could have your moment, your cutoff moment, and then it's almost like impossible to, I guess, to get back in the, in, in the flow of uh, uh, jobs or whatever it well, may be. Yeah, people get stuck in stereotypes, you know, and they yeah. they, they do one role and then, you know, that's directors it. or producers say, well, that's the only type of role that they're going to do. And they have a hard time getting work elsewhere. Where, as with voice acting, I mean, your resume speaks for itself. You've, you've been in everything. I mean, you've and, been in um, Metal Gear Solid, Star Wars, King's mm -hmm. Quest. Yeah. Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's back to the acting, though, which was very much being pigeonholed because I played, you know, I have some Latin blood on my father's side. But once I played one, you know, that started with crackers, I was Latin. And that was, again, something that I did have to face a lot. But, you know, when I wanted to audition for Karen, I would get Maria instead. And I asked my agent, well, why do I keep getting auditioned for that? And, well, you know, they you've done it. They love you for it. And there's 2,000 submissions for Maria, but there's 5,000 for Karen. So which would you rather, what, what, which one would you rather have me submit you for? And of course, that made sense because, you know, your odds are better. But yes, I there is something wonderful about being unleashed to the talent and what you can do with your voice as opposed to what, you know, what they think you can do based on what you've done in the past. <laughs> With all the voice actors we spoke to as well, um, 
they they all love their jobs so much. They love voice acting. You know, we spoke to like Susan Eisenberg and whatnot, and and even the interview mm-hmm. with um, Rosaria Dawson I watched where they were asking her about uh, voicing Batgirl in the Lego Movie, and she goes, "This is the easiest job I ever had in my life. I literally just showed up in my pajamas in the studio and just spoke mm-hmm. all day." So like that transition, that that must have felt really good. I take it. When you yes, say. yes, that was one of those little seemed like a nice idea, and it was like, "Oh, this is fun. This is cool." I'm like, "You mean? Oh, I don't, I don't have to put on makeup or put." on uh you know a a full outfit to play the character and it was a little bit more and then i always joke that my therapist said my mental health was going up in proportion to the amount of voiceovers i was doing (laughs) (laughs) well there you go on that one because i'm i'm not being told i'm i'm not this enough or i'm not that enough i'm just being told you're great we love you your voice is great and you acted well enough to get the part so yeah it was to this day i mean i work in a closet i mean i work in a closet how many people can say that (laughs) and i love it and you know I come out and work in studios when I'm doing animation and I do my commercials and my promos and my narration in the closet and mm-hmm. it's a great life because it is so unrestricted and it is yeah it's much easier I mean the first time that I was in a commercial where I was a voiceover artist as opposed to being an actress normally that commercial would take 12 hours to film and then it took me one hour to do the voiceover so it was definitely like whoa this wow. is amazing <laughs> further to what you were saying earlier uh, on camera stuff you you are very much limited to your appearance uh, whereas the the voice stuff is more I think therefore I am exactly I think I speak and therefore I am so if, if you can channel it, and you can create it, you can be it. And it, as an actor or a performer or an artist, there's nothing more than we want. And then the realities take away from that. And you know, even with voiceovers, there's certain realities, but it's nothing compared to the on-camera world. Before we get into your, the, all the work you've done, the great work you've done, uh, what character or role is your favorite to voice at this point? That's like asking me who's my favorite child. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> we know you have. Even if I had, question, which child like, is your favorite? <laughs> I can't say that. You know, you know, they each they each have a special place in my heart because I would say the through line is that I love playing strong, powerful women, uh, and they're all different realms of me. They're different parts of me. Uh, so I love Poison Ivy's seduction quality, but at the same time, she, she really has a values that she believes are so important to her that she would die for them and of course you know the earth and the planet are pretty important ones but you know she has her ways of conveying that and then I love you know Sniper Wolf she was a she was killer but again she had the reason I love it when there's then there's levels to the character that they're not just one note and they're not just you know one dimensional if I can understand and justify why they do what they do it makes it much more interesting as an acting choice that's a perfect segue to the question I had because I always wonder when uh, you know a voice actor or actress gets a job do they get any type of research material or do they just walk in and be like okay this is what your lines are today and we want them kind of done this way well I did you know when I got it it was just basically the first audition and I, I didn't think about doing research for it as much I think I made a you know again done a little bit just for the first audition but of course after I got her I looked into her history more and more of the the actual background of Pamela so that I could try to bring more life to her and then you know subsequently with each one I've tried to deepen her and of course with some videos games there's there's just more to work with I mean for 
for Arkham City, there was very little because it was mostly an, you know, an ancillary role. And then um, I like to think that Arkham Knight really was the denouement that, you know, she really got to be much more multidimensional and ultimately a Shiro, which I think, because I think, I think Poison Ivy isn't just a bad guy. I mean, she's really, she's really got heroic qualities to her. And I think that uh, it's nice when they get shown. She did evolve no. through the series. Did, did you approach it that way? like thinking okay this is what i did in the first one this is what i did in city now i gotta really kind of step it up with this role yeah i just to add to that as well because i was uh watching some clips of uh asylum when before harley lets her out of the tank and i was uh-huh. listening there and then i was going into arkham knight which you know, obviously my favorite character and i feel she was the most important quote-unquote important character in Arkham Knight, and I feel like I could hear Evolution as well, the way you were, maybe it was because of the lines they gave as well, but I think you really took her to that level where she should be of importance in the role as well. Well, yeah. thank you. But, you know, I, I, as the actor, we're always reliant, at least to start with, on the writers. And when the writers write great words, then we get to really have at it. And when we're limited, then we have to act as if the writer had written what we are trying to act. So sometimes, yeah. you know... Put in my mind, you know, make their words come alive, like it, at least in their mind. But I do credit the writers uh, because without the words, you're mostly conveying it with your emotions. But if the words are there and the storylines are there, it's much easier for the actor to uh, to give it depth and meaning. So I was grateful for, to see her evolution because it helped me as an actor to to give her more weight. The review we did uh, when it, when the game came out, I I literally said. For some reason, I felt the writing died in that game when Poison Ivy died. For some reason, like every, every and I'm not even kidding. I, everything up to that point was so like, oh my god, this is amazing. She's doing this with the plans to stop the fear toxin. It's brilliant, and Ivy died, and then the rest of the story was just not good. But, but that point, I mean, uh, yeah, you took all the magic away with you when you were oh, done. Oh, thank you. I I don't know that everyone would agree with you on that, but I'm delighted that you feel that way and uh, that it's a compliment to uh, my work. Are you um? I don't know what the term is, but are you like a, a motion actor when you're in the booth? Do you, you know, like move your hands and, and get into it? Or yeah. You... yeah, I'm an animated person by nature. So I definitely, with animation, the more you express and not just sitting, that's why I can work in the closet or doing commercials and narration where it's much more, you know, limited in the emotional spectrum. But yes, when I'm standing in a booth doing my work, I definitely act it out because I feel like the animators can sense that and hear it and then they animate to me so yeah definitely important and oh, like uh, like Lady Liberty uh, I saw that yeah uh, Lady Liberty you know watch like... it watch <laughs> it Birdie yeah, yeah very, that, that was definitely a fun fun role to play uh, and not everyone knows maybe what that one is because it's not a, a game, but it's a fun commercial I put on my website. That was uh, awesome. I wanted more of that. I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> you know, funny enough, I, I was saying to somebody that that video has more plays than any of my animated characters, which is so funny because it was just a little spot I did. Mm. Um, uh, for you know the uh, the army, I think the military, and it was it was Lady, Lady Liberty being very what is the word noble and proud and sharing, and then at the end you know she tells this bird you know to 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 beat it before it uh, poos on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she becomes a true New Yorker, you know. She comes out of this very regal sense, and all of a sudden she's like, "Hey, birdie, don't even think about it." It's and like, some yeah. I don't know why, but it has like I don't know hundreds something thousand views, and I. I 
guess Lady Liberty is popular, which is wonderful, but it just, it makes me laugh because it has more than any of the other videos that I have with uh, with the other characters that I play. Well, you know, we, a true New Yorker, a true New York girl is getting more scarce these days. It's like a lot of hipsters here now, so. Oh, um, yeah? yeah. I haven't been able to visit in a while, so it's changing all the time. Huh? Yeah, it's 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 becoming uh, well. Yeah. Disneyfied, I call it Disneyfied. It's yeah, that's like a, Disney- that's a lot of people word it like that too. They call it Disneyland now, as opposed to like. I mean, it's still New York here in the you know. This- Wait, did I hear you say it's safer? Some, Do you yeah, not of, remember? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> okay, that, that wasn't his experience. Yeah. When, well, when, uh, when, I became a. A true New Yorker by default on my last visit up there. That's true. Uh, when Gramps visited, um, we all went out for Batman Day. I think it was on 6th Ave near 23rd. And uh, somewhere we were, at a, we were at a bomb bar, is. literally half a block away from where that bomb went off, the terrorist. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, we were half a block away from it. Yeah. yeah. Would have been a very scary day, I would imagine. That was crazy. Good thing we were a little uh, drunk before. They kind of <laughs> took the edge off, but it was it was really surreal. Now that the Arkham Knight spoilers are out of the way, anyway, uh, when it came to a character that you were reprising, uh, what was it like the moment that you found out your character was was dying in that performance? I was bummed. <laughs> 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 My first reaction was like, really? <laughs> Does that mean there's not going to be like another Arkham? Any? <laughs> if they, if they revisit Arkham, like, can she come back? It's like, is she scary? Does she have can a she... ghost? Right. I mean, is it... Are you going to do a Poison Ivy prequel trilogy? <laughs> no, they could have a Spore clone. Yeah, but was my first, that was my first reaction. It was like, oh, bummer. But then, of course, you know, the, the nobility factor and the fact that she was willing to work with Batman instead of being against him and actually sacrifice herself was incredibly noble and I was you know proud to be able to play someone who was more noble than I you know that I uh, I think I am I don't know that I would do it but of course you know what her plants are her children so I would die for my children so there you go so I guess you know it was it was uh wonderful to be able to play that kind of nobility and not have to do it obviously in real life you are Poison Ivy, and uh, I still have a bone to pick with DC Collectibles. The Arkham Knight Poison Ivy action figure got canceled, and it should not happen. No! I know, that's like you, you know, that's, that's your, your action figure. No! No. <laughs> do you do you collect any poison ivy collectibles or anything of what your work has done? You know what? I don't collect because I have too much junk in my house to begin with, and I like, <laughs> I have you know I have kids and I've got dogs, and I feel like if I added any more uh, uh, tchotchkes to the house, we would just explode. <laughs> so I don't collect, but I do appreciate you know when I see things coming across, and I love fan art, and mm. I'm. I'm really appreciative of all the the fans because uh, that's what makes us continue to get to do wonderful podcasts like this is the is the appreciation and some of the fan art is so beautiful that comes across some lovely lovely people on on in Twitter that that are great at our real true poison ivy devotees and it's really lovely to uh, interact with them. Getting the news that uh, Ivy was dying in Arkham Knight may have bummed you out, but your performance was so strong that uh, it bummed us out when we saw that part of the game happen. Oh, it it really effed me up, man. Uh, (laughs) It did, because, well, I love Ivy so much. This is my favorite. And I couldn't believe how amazing her role was in Arkham Knight and how great she looked, too. And, of course, how greatly voiced she was. Legit kind of bummed me out when it happened. But this past year, Netherrealm 
has released Injustice, the highly anticipated Injustice 2, where it's the first time, I believe, ever that we could play as Poison Ivy in a video game. And um, we had the likes of Kevin Conroy and Susan Eisenberg and Tasia Valenza to do Poison Ivy. That was really awesome. I'm playing a game for a while, and I... And, you know, there's so much that goes into these NetherRealm fighting games, especially with the uh, the voicing, because there's so much interaction between so many different characters. So, you know, I spoke about this with Susan Eisberg in the past, so I wanted to speak with you about working with NetherRealm, like your experience with them, how, how that all was. I, I'm so fascinated about how they coach people while doing the voicing in terms of, uh, all right, you're, you're leaning, but you're falling back to the left, so grunt this way or... You know, things of that nature. And, and all of her, she has so much dialogue that I love. So to start off, like, tell us, well, first take us, like, how it all started and then your experience with uh, NetherRealm working on Injustice 2, if you could. And I love Susan Eisenberg. She's awesome, too. Yeah, she's really sweet. You know, I actually run into each other at the dog park and, and chatted. <laughs> <laughs> Do you start fighting? <laughs> no. But the great thing is that we're you know dog moms and it's like hey how cool is that that we get to see each other in this realm because most of us again and even in the animation world animated series we tend to work together but in voiceover in um video games we're often quite isolated you know we mostly could just come in and do our own lines yeah. and to play off each other so that's it's really wonderful to actually run into you know people you admire their work and as human beings so it's it's uh, i have only good things to say about her and she of course plays wonder woman she's amazing but in terms of the you know again working on injustice 2 which was a thrill that they asked me to come back because you know as many compliments as you guys give me i appreciate there are, have been other great poison ivies and so i am always delighted that you know they asked me again because it just makes me feel that uh you know that i'm becoming more known as that and, and that i've been able to to uh own that particular role which feels great but i like to get props where props are due and there are other great actresses out there that have played them played her but uh, I, when I went in and did that, that was a lot of fun because it was, I, I find that I like her humor and I always enjoy you know, jumping into those lines that are especially snarky. She's just got a little bit of a edgy wit to her. And so she they, does, and, and the way you stretch like the ends of some sentences, I guess, you know, to approach it in a more sed seductive manner too, it's. Like when when I, when I played, I'm just like it's spot on. That is Ivy. You know, it's so convincing. When you're uh, getting ready for a performance of whether it's Ivy or any other character, do you have any sort of different preparations that you do to to prepare for that character? Again, depending on you know if there's information on on them, I like to just kind of do research in in terms of just more of their stories or maybe who's played them and just what iterations they've come in. So. If, it's kind of each each one that comes up. But when I was doing Poison Ivy, of course, she's a much more well-known character than some of the other ones that don't have the backstory. Like Time um, for Wolf, of course, was so many years ago, but it was very little backstory on her. And she and that was like the beginning. That was the first video game where I think, you know, people felt that there was a real story involved, um, that you could care about the characters, which was really kind of cool because when we were doing it we had no idea that it would become such a, 
a well-known, successful brand. And I feel like each character, depending on what they offer me, I, I can work with. And if not, then I just have to kind of create my own story around them, which is fun too as an actor. It's fun to just give them life from your own imagination. You mentioned that you have children. Have they ever played any of the games that you've been been in? And then do you ever think about how they would perceive it when you do your, your parts? Yeah, interestingly, my son is an Overwatch fan and I, <laughs> I asked him if he has played uh, any of my games and I don't think he has actually, funny enough, because uh, being you know in the business again, I, I don't really encourage him to lose himself in video games as much as uh, I've right. always, <laughs> always been kind of a, a little bit again aware of how much because he loves them so but yeah you know when I've taken certain roles I've I've been as as I've been as my kids as I be they were growing up I was actually a, a more aware of not necessarily taking certain roles that I felt really uncomfortable with in my mind that they would see eventually so that definitely has influenced me and sometimes I, I've passed on auditioning for certain roles that I just didn't feel comfortable knowing that they might at some point know about them and and that it would impact how they thought or or my perceived sense of it so I don't know that 100% but I, I it is something I've definitely thought about um, and been trying to be thoughtful about which which roles I, I do take. Spoken a lot here about the the roles you've done in the past and everything that you've worked on. In the, but you have a lot of other things that you're working on right now and things for the future. Mm. Your Haven app and other things. Anything you want to tell us about uh, that's going on right now? Well, yeah, you know, Haven of course is this uh, passion project that I decided to do under my Giving Great Voice, which is you know the it's an offshoot of being an actor and a voiceover actor is that I'm I'm creating a website that I've been working on, uh, which really is going to be my sharing how important the voice is as an instrument for people outside the business. A lot of people, you know, are blessed enough at, to be teaching voice act, and I uh, admire a lot of my peers who do it. But I decided I kind of want to take the talents and the um, techniques of being a voice actor and use it to help people use their voice for their multifaceted roles in their lives, professionally and personally. So thinking like a voice actor in your own life. So that's something I'm really passionate about working on. And I'm going to have a website and it's I'm going to do vlogs about it because I, I feel like our voice has, has been usurped a lot by technology and technology is wonderful, but it can't replace the voice. And I, I really want to bring that uh, awareness and uh, share it with people and have empower them to use their voice for their own lives. So that's very exciting for me. And from that, I created an app called Haven uh, with some partners, which um, took my desire to inspire and empower and created a, an affirmation meditation app mm -hmm. that's currently free. It's completely free. And I co-wrote it and voiced it and it's just a passion project because i think we you know the world needs kindness right now and kindness begins with ourselves i think it's going to work because right now i'm feeling really at peace after hearing it <laughs> yeah, yeah, i could just listen to you all day <laughs> uh, gramps, gramps, that, gramps please be careful that could just be you being on death's door oh <laughs> That's okay. Well, if that's the way to gotta go, then <laughs> it sounds pretty good. <laughs> sounds yeah, pretty good to me. It is a very relaxed. I don't know if you had a chance to hear it, but it's a 
They're all seven to 10 minute meditations and they're broken up into seven days each mm-hmm. of different masteries, which is basically different themes. So there's the ones we've made so far, confidence mastery and um, depression release, relief mastery and stress release mastery and subjects that we uh, all have to deal with, discipline mastery. And so I've really tried to impart a little bit of uh, a theme every day and something that we can work on. And then we go into a meditation and then we affirm ourselves because in the process of, of doing this, and I, I, I've lived this way, I've always, you know, I always work on, I believe in the law of attraction of, you know, what you focus on expands. And so I have uh, built a life of joy and abundance, but that has been by design. I haven't done that by accident. So I wanted to impart that. And so through the the app, I I found out that you know we have sixty to ninety thousand thoughts a day. Is the is you know the, the thinking out there? Eighty percent of those thoughts are negative from the day before and the day before and the day before. So they're unchecked thoughts that we just you know are running through on overdrive. And so the affirmation meditation is that opportunity to reframe, reframe, reframe until we start speaking to ourselves more positively on a daily basis. And the kinder we are to ourselves, hopefully we can take that kindness out to the world. It's my intention. You know who needs that app? Ben Affleck. He is one miserable looking dude. <laughs> well, I, I don't know him uh, personally to say that, but I think we all need it a bit because even I myself, I, I have to remind myself as I'm making it, like, yeah, that was a critical thought right there. You know, so I think it's, I think we all are hard on ourselves much more than we're kind to ourselves. I don't know, I could be wrong. Maybe you guys love yourselves like crazy, but I, I struggle even, you know, with it on the awareness of like how many thoughts a day that I, I, I check with myself now like oh that was another critical thought so and the more i've been doing it the more i'm aware of it so i i think we can all use a little bit more kindness it reminds me of this old book i was recommending once i think it's called um what i say when i talk to myself and it has oh. what you do in terms of i think there's an example of someone's running like a marathon or a race halfway through he's like oh this hurts i can't do this so he told himself he can't do it he's already sealed the deal for himself for the that's most right. part that's you know? right that's right Right. You you know, you I am are the most powerful words you could say. And whatever comes after that over and over again is your future. If you say I am and then you say da 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 da. If you say that enough, well you just you know, you're just saying your future, whether or not you create it or you actually just say, Well, I you know, I am lazy. I am lazy. I am lazy. Well, how is that gonna motivate you to go after your dreams? You're like, Ugh, I'm lazy. But if you say I am powerful or I am incredible or I I am able to do this or I intend to make it a great day, these are powerful words. And I call Haven, it's an active meditation. A lot of meditation is passive, which is wonderful, and you get it in a very quiet place. But I, for one, have always liked guided meditations because I have a monkey mind that doesn't turn off very well. And so when I've listened to guided meditations, they've helped me. And I made guided meditations from my, on my website several years ago and just threw them on there just again as a giveaway. Because again, it's the idea is, you know, how can I give back with this beautiful life that I've had and this instrument that I value so much, which is my voice. And Haven is another extension of that because, you know, we're an app generation. So it's right now it's completely free. At some point it won't be, but we really want to get it out to as many listeners and have people, you know, enjoy it and use it and and better their lives for it. That's that's my intention. And I'm hoping I call it a mind over chatter. <laughs> or, oh, I like that. Really good. 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 And, you know, be kind to your mind app. Uh, it's it's like the, just the, the evolution, as you said, of being a voice actor all these years and what I'm, I'm able to do with it now. So I'm, I'm enjoying the voice acting and I hope to continue and getting to play incredible roles. But, uh, you know, I really want to kind of expand it out. But you'll, you'll never quit Poison Ivy, right? 
Never. <laughs> they won't be happy to do it and I'm grateful to do her. But I just, uh, it's like anything, you know, as we evolve and we grow, we want to share that. And this is something that I would really like to use my voice for good. And every time I get a chance to do that, it uh, makes me feel like I'm giving back and contributing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's important to me. And what, what was the name of the application again? It's called Haven. If you look... Um, it's on both um, platforms, but if you, you if you put in Haven alone, you won't find it because we're so far down because we just launched. So you have to put it in Haven Affirmations, or you can go to haven.am uh, at the website, which is Affirmation Meditation, and you'll find it and download it and, and use it in good health and, and uh, enjoy it. And of course, if you like it, please rate it and share it because that helps to move it up so we have more awareness of it. I just found that if, uh, yeah, if, if you start uh, searching, if you type Haven and the letter A, it comes right up. Yes. Oh. Yeah, the affirmation. Does it have the lighthouse? Yep. It's the okay. lighthouse. On the iPhone, it's Haven semicolon guided affirmations. Yes. And I'm going to get it right now. And right right now, I'll point out it's a it's a five star app on Android. So it's been really well received. But yeah, the more we can get out the word organically like this, it'd be wonderful to uh, to get more people affirming themselves uh, through through Havens. Thank you for sharing that. So effective too, because you know, 20 years ago this would be a book, but now you're right. We live in an app world, and now it's more accessible to like everyone. So this sounds great. Yeah, well, thank you. And then of course, again, it's using the voice, and I yeah. think that there's something to be said for because when I uh, do the affirmations, I do the aff- I say the affirmation, then I give you the space to say the affirmation because I think we have to self hypnotize and use our own voices. It, you know, it's much more powerful when you say something out loud than just in your head. You know, because there's so many thoughts, and we're like, oh, I want this, I want this, but when you say I am wonderful or i am powerful there's so much it kind of like charges your battery much more so than thinking in my head oh i'm wonderful so that's why i we made it an affirmation meditation as to just a meditation and that's important because it's having control of your own mind and world because if you think about it, it's the opposite of when people start falling into that trap of like negative thoughts and anxiety because the problem with those are the avalanche and people start building That's prisons, right. you know, the prisons around themselves with all these negative thoughts and the negative thoughts tend to mutate really fast. So to reverse that and you're right to, you know, affirm and to focus on the good and empowerment. And- Patients are centuries old. I mean, they've been around the reason we made it into the meditation part is because we have to get past the conscious, which is that monkey mind that says, no, I don't believe you. I don't believe you into the more relaxed, unconscious, which will, you know, be more accepting. And also where all those negative thoughts lie, which is our history. It tends to, you know, especially our childhood histories where we make a lot of these unconscious thoughts. I feel like a lot of people on Twitter need this application. <laughs> I'm going to promote the hell out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, you know, I feel like we could all use a self-kindness app and a lot of people do use affirmations. This is just another, this is a modality to use it. And it's something that it's also very relaxed. It's taking seven to 10 minutes out for yourself every day and having, you know, I really tried to make it a soothing. The word I've gotten the most is soothing. And so that's, you know, something I really wanted from the moment you listen to it that you're in a, in a more positive state and then you come out feeling better. And if you do that on a daily basis, that's eventually going to make an impact on your life. And that's that's my goal. Do you recommend or do not recommend doing this during rush hour traffic? I do not recommend doing this during <laughs> rush hour traffic. Okay. It's something, well, I mean, all meditations, I mean, you should, you should, you should be, unless you're parked in traffic and you're not moving, uh, okay. this is definitely not something that you would do in a driving vehicle because my voice will relax. I recommend doing it it is really when you're sitting in a quiet moment that you can take for yourself, which I know we 
everyone says like, oh, who has 10 minutes anymore? Because we're always doing, doing, doing. And our phones, of course, even for myself, are great distractions. So it's it's really important, I think, again, to remind ourselves to become present and take 10 mindful minutes out to just care for ourselves in a kind. Do you meditate before, uh, before you begin a performance? You know, I don't meditate. I breathe deeply. It's called diaphragmatic breathing, which is belly breathing, which is really helps me to relax because we're really supposed to breathe with our bellies expanding on an inhale and on an exhale deflating and we breathe the opposite we're chest breathers but babies breathe the opposite they we come into the world breathing deep breaths from our belly and so if if you take five deep breaths with expanding your belly holding it breathing in for five holding for two and and breathing out for seven to eight breaths like a straw after five breaths, you have released tons of endorphins and you will instantly be relaxed. So I definitely try to relax myself so that I'm grounded when I start up. So mm-hmm. definitely deep breathing, uh, which is also something that we do in the meditation. So if any time you guys are feeling a bit anxiety, try those five deep breaths. Try to you know put your hand on your belly and breathe in and actually feel your belly expand. But sometimes it takes a hard time to get it because people are so used to breathing, you know, breathing in. With the chest going up, but it's try it. Let's do it. Let's try it now, everyone. Put your I'm already hand. doing it. <laughs> you feel like can you make the belly go out on, on the inhale? No, that, no that's oh. all the pizza Robin ate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was actually a shawarma right before we started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that might be cool then. Anyway, breathing deeply is very uh, helpful to your health overall. Yeah, like when they say uh, breathe through the nose and keep it in for like five to 20 seconds and exhale to open up the lungs and it'll just lower your blood pressure and, and stuff like yep. that. Like oh. So simple. And yet we, we don't uh, do it because we think, ah, you know, what's a breath, but we're mostly breathing shallowly all the time, which creates that fight or flight when you're ready to run. So it, that, you know, can't be, it's not good for us on a regular basis to be breathing in that shallow space. Uh, anytime you take time to quiet your mind and, you know, focus on your breath, you're just pausing for a second and giving your, your body any kind of meditation is amazing for you and i just happen to have chosen this one because it goes along with the fact that you can tell i like to speak a lot so it works for me to be able to do <laughs> to the guided meditation but all meditation is great i didn't know the name for it, but i uh, i do that uh, deep breathing a lot if i have, if i have a headache or something like that and it's it's just so relaxing that it's uh, it helps that a lot if you can focus on it and do five to ten of those and the longer the trick is the longer the breath out and slower the breath out the more you release those endorphins so literally within five breaths you can feel you know just incredibly relaxed from wherever you were the longer the exhale the longer the exhale you're releasing more endorphins on the exhale so if you do five inhale and you hold for two and you do seven out you can do eight out nine out ten out all the better just like you're breathing through a straw i'll tell you what i have to admit that this has to be the most therapeutic episode we've ever done on that. <laughs> yeah, can we can we get some background music? Know, right? Light some incense, and by this part of the episode, everyone is doing that breathing and they're all falling asleep. Yeah, right, exactly. I don't know that we want them to be asleep at the episode. We might have to cut this out because uh, this might not be the action you want from your uh, your your listeners. Where the but once they're asleep, that's when we put in the subliminal message. There you go. <laughs> oh, subscribe to that. <laughs> rate review, rate and review. Yeah, that, oh, that'll never work. <laughs> Lightning round. First thing I gotta ask is, what kind of affirmation does Poison Ivy give herself? Oh, 
Wow. Now you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Can you do it in Poison Ivy voice? I am one with nature. Nature always wins. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Save that. That's awesome. <laughs> that was so amazing. <laughs> that was so Those are amazing. affirmations, right? I mean, that's what she says. Nature always wins. That's an affirmation. Yeah. That's so true. You could do a Haven uh, session in Poison Ivy voice. Wow. Yeah, similar. It doesn't have quite the seduction. It has more of a relaxation, but it's definitely in that relaxed timber. The whole idea of giving great voice is that I love you said with passion can never be replaced with I heart you. So that's the power of the voice that, you know, whatever you you can convey in your heart, it comes through your voice and you can hear. That's what all great voice actors, that's why they inspire you because it's, you know, it's animated, right? So it's really all the voice actor is bringing with their emotions through their voice. Non-actors can have that same awareness of the, the power of their voice if they just connect with it more and think of it, you know, it's like, what am I trying to do in this particular scene of my life? Obviously, being a, a Yorker from Manhattan, <laughs> uh, what, what's your favorite type of pizza? New York pizza. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Take that, that trunk yeah. shit. What do you like on your pizza? Oh gosh, there's there's one out here that's just similar to New York as I I've ever had. But I, I, it has like it has caramelized onions and eggplant and mm. oh, it's just like amazing. But uh, I'm I, I don't eat as much pizza as I would like because pizza likes me too much. So H and H bagels. That's what in New York thing I used to eat a lot of H and H bagels and uh, I long for them, but I I'm glad that they're not close to me. I just want to note real quick that I am overjoyed by the fact that my favorite rogue, Poison Ivy, is also a native New Yorker. Life is good. <laughs> Old New York, too. I love it. Really Old New York, York. 80s, 70s. Yep. That's yep. amazing. Favorite type of candy to snack on? Well, I'm a chocoholic, if I must admit. I mean, I love anything that's chocolate. And I'm going to go outside the realm of good old chocolate. I'm a gummy bear person. Gummy nice. Bear. I like that. Good Which syndicated rerun series do you like the most? Golden Girls or 90210? <laughs> Are you giving me those as my choices? Yeah. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not against either of them, but like if I was going to watch a syndicated show and be, I was just talking about them with my kids the other day. I mean, give me I Love Lucy. You know, I want to laugh. Yeah, what a honeymooners even. Eh? Honeymooners are classic New York. Plain or peanut M&M's? Good one. Plain. Oh. Plain. Uh, if you could have dinner with one famous person, living or dead, who would it be? I love Oprah. I, I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, totally nerded out myself, but I love Oprah. Yeah, I, I bet you got a nice bookshelf then. <laughs> I mean, I just am inspired by her, and I find her to be somebody that I really look up to. I know I'm, it wasn't the coolest thing to say, but I'm being true to myself. <laughs> no, that's great. I don't, I don't mind Oprah. You know why I don't mind Oprah? Because she promotes literacy. I mean, how many effing people do that today you know kardashians yeah. you don't see the kardashians reading the book oh no, they can't right? even read my kids are great readers and i That's have to good. say that i love reading and I'm, so important yeah. it is it is it is truth and knowledge i'm yeah. not truth only, but certainly lots of knowledge and something that we can't give up we have to too many too many people can only read uh, 140 characters at a time <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it 280 now let's not be so now, yeah. oh is it oh now last night we were talking and paul dini came up and you mentioned yeah. that you hadn't seen him in in years. Story of of how he had 
popped up in your life recently? He and I knew each other and I uh, years ago and terrific guy. And I hadn't seen him in so long. And then I was I was just down in San Diego uh, at a Korean restaurant of some kind. And they had the, the TV on in the background. And I think it was like a 1990s, uh, you know, DVD on great um, animators and writers of different 90s characters that were huge. And I, I don't remember it was whoever the whoever he used to write, uh, which was a, a show with, with the guy who was blonde and uh, uh, was it was it He Man? He Man. It was He Man. Yeah. It was He Man. It was, and the whole DVD was devoted to the writers of He Man and episodes. And <laughs> and Paul was on there, like on the background while I'm eating, you know, my soup, my faux soup. And, and I was like, that's Paul Dini. I haven't seen him in so long, but it was just so random. <laughs> yes. See him, and then I heard that he was on your show. And so I'm hoping that uh, that we will connect somehow in the in the uh, Twitter sphere because I I would love to uh, reconnect. Uh, but now it was just brought up with you, Robin. So I, it's a, it's a sign that I should. Well, if you speak to him, tell him we said hello. We miss him. I will. And, and, and Paul, if you're out there, feel free to tweet at me. Well, Tasia, we just want to thank you so much again for hopping on the show, taking us through your journey. Your incredible work is so many characters, including my favorite, Poison Ivy, and also lowering our blood pressure, because I think we all need that <laughs> with this <laughs> wonderful talk. And so thank you so much again. My pleasure. And thank you so much for asking such fun and interesting questions. And hopefully uh, the audience will enjoy uh, what we had to share. Hi, this is Poison Ivy. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Stay tuned. I am one with nature. Nature always wins.